Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast celebrating the universally loved show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're on the fourth episode in the series, The Transplant. Or is it just transplant? It's just transplant. Huh. Okay. Ooh, this is a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Um, so I do think this is one where we should just give like a quick basic premise, which is that um, Blanche's sister, Virginia comes um to Miami and the whole time Blanche is sort of suspicious of her they've never been close yada yada but the big reveal is that Virginia is dying and needs a kidney and Blanche is telling the rest of the girls the entire time that she wants something and they're telling her she's ridiculous and she actually wants a kidney which is probably one of the biggest asks that siblings could give to each other <laughs> yeah so um Sarah, we kind of touched on this last time, but this one definitely feels sort of out of sync, um, especially because episode three was so good. Um, And I think it starts from the very beginning uh, when when Blanche is so so worried about Virginia coming to the house that she's sort of buzzing all over and cleaning and making sure everything looks nice. And it's just so not like her. You know, Mm -hmm. I think she would want a presentable house, but the idea of, of Blanche doing housework is sort of ridiculous. Yes, yes. Well, to be fair, she is making Rose do a lot of the housework. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But no, I counted um, six different floral arrangements, not (laughs) including the large batch of like, as tall as her pussy willow sticks that she just holds randomly during (laughs) during her frenzy cleaning. And to your point, like... (laughs) Blanche is going to can be concerned about appearances. She's going to be concerned about looking better than her sister and looking like she has a better life. You know, Nancy Reagan's decorator, etc. But like to go to that length is just very bizarre. Yeah, speaking of dated references, but that still lands. You know, <laughs> no, we, we all know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's sort of out of character and bizarre. And then. Um, the next sort of weird scripted part of it is that their friend Ted has a, a, an accident. <laughs> oh, oh, not just an accident. The most 80s accident you could have. Water skiing accident. <laughs> so they're just tasked with watching this baby for an indefinite amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> this little ginger baby who looks like he's about three years old when they do like a close up. It's great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very weak B story, I must say. (laughs) But, but going back real quick to how it, it feels off. Um, I, we mentioned last episode that we were unsure about, I said, don't quote me on it, but now you can quote me on it. Like there definitely was an out of order in terms of recording the episodes and, and writing the episodes, of course, and airing them. So this actually goes quote unquote back in time, um, before, you know, the Rose the Prude that we, you know, commented on last time. So it actually makes sense that it's kind of off in terms of the character development and how they're written. Um, so, and it's, it's interesting too, because uh, even just the way it's shot, like there's always a scene in this one, particularly, it is hysterical. There is a very bizarre camera angle focused on Dorothy. I don't know if you remember this. So when Dorothy is, you know, Blanche comes in, she's all upset after Virginia's asked her for the kidney and says she's dying and yada yada. Um, (laughs) And 
Dorothy's asked and you're like what is it what is it you know a typical that is actually a very good Blanche quality where she's being dramatic and like the other girls have to be like can you just tell me instead of you know uh throwing your hands up and being in a tizzy but the camera is like super panned framing Dorothy on the front doorway and it's just like an ultra close-up where she goes what Blanche tell me (laughs) so (laughs) dramatic and so not like a sitcom it's like really really weird moment and literally forever I will say like forever since I've seen this episode I've always thought it was weird and I'm not even like a big like director camera angle kind of person well (laughs) I was looking um I have this awesome book which I'll put in a plug for uh and I have no you know (laughs) we're we're clearly not not getting paid it's a clearly true... not <laughs> it's um, truly just promoting it because we love it <laughs> exactly uh it's a big book called golden girls forever an unauthorized look behind the lanai um it's by jim colucci and it's really really good it's got most of the episodes in terms of an episode guide and like a really good overview of just sort of history of the show how things came together you know um behind the scenes quotes and quips and talking about reusing sets and pictures of their outfits etc um so in there actually they talk about this one director um his name is paul bogart and he was really known for these weird camera angles as well as like he really he was less about sort of the joke flow um and less about like the writing and more about having these big moments on the show so that's why in this episode that has a very big heady topic of you know potential sister potentially dying because you may or may not give her your kidney um that's why there's all this weird uh just dramatics that that is not necessary and also sort of takes away from the flow of the show um there's even like a there's a part where they're sitting around the table and they go poor blanche and there's like this I should have timed it. It's like a full four seconds before the outro music plays. <laughs> and it seems like the director was just like, no, 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 leave that in there. It's like really good. Um, but anyway, according to this book, what happened was that uh, he really, Paul Bogart, this director, really clashed with Betty White because he wanted her to play her character very differently from the way that she played it. And as we pointed out, Betty White's the one that kind of nails Rose immediately um and he kind of he wanted her to get mad and scream and like do all these things that betty was like this is not what my character would do like i know her well enough by now so anyway he was uh he was kind of ousted after he filmed a number of like the first season episodes and this is one of them yeah that makes sense because i think the problem with this one is that the obviously the subject matter is really heavy but we've already in the, in this short time seen that they can do that but the the heavy subject matter in addition to the like really dramatic tortured four second scenes about this you know super super difficult decision i think it does take away from it being any sort of comedic relief um there obviously are some funny parts because it is the golden girls um and i wanted to jumping off of how you said that we both agreed that betty white really nailed it right away um we have i think what is a glimmer of the start of a saint olaf story in this one um yes when she's yes, talking about being true. in the hospital and holding her breath and it's like it's like a 20 second monologue basically about all of these times that she's had to hold her breath in the elevator and just like circling <laughs> and it's really going nowhere and then it's very funny because you can see estelle getty is the only one with her and you her face it's just you know like you can tell that she's just like waiting for someone to please god interrupt and then um 
somebody does and she says, oh, wait one minute, we'll get back to your fascinating hospital story later. And it's just, you know, it, it works. And I think that that must have been the jumping off point for both the St. Olaf stories themselves and also the universally exhausted reaction to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned Sophia kind of helps anchor that, like gives it a punchline of just being like, yeah, fascinating, whatever. Um, <laughs> because I think she really comes into her own here. And and for the comic relief for the heavy subject matter, it's really just her. I mean, she's the one that is being she's being like the motherly figure and the speaking her mind in terms of just like, you know, uh, so I think Rose says, like, you hold her life in your hands. What are you going to do? And Blanche says, I don't know. And she goes, well, I'm glad you're not my sister. <laughs> like immediately is kind of admonishing her for like, this isn't this is like a non issue. You know, like you do this for family. She goes, what does it mean? A little less bourbon. <laughs> um, so, so she's like constantly and even in front of Virginia, she's like, yeah, I give you one of my kidneys, but I'm sure, you, you know, you'd want one you could control. <laughs> and Virginia just goes like, thank you, Sophia. She just goes, welcome. Welcome. Like, <laughs> It's perfect. So she's she's just really she's hitting all the notes and she like is making light of the very serious subject by actually being very serious about it by being like you should do for family. Yeah, they're Italian. <laughs> yeah, she's Italian. <laughs> um yeah, so I definitely think that the comic relief part comes in those two for the most part for sure. Blanche has a few moments um in the beginning when she's talking about how Big Daddy called her the bad seed and how Virginia electrocuted her with the Christmas lights and now she, yeah. she used to have curly hair. <laughs> um, but... She goes, sleeping with your brothers is Southern. <laughs> <laughs> so we do see some of it, some of what works for her, I think. Um, but it's not, it's still not quite developed. Um, I like the foundation though, that is laid here of the Hollingsworth sisters and the Hollingsworth family in general, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I think we, we don't know Charmaine at all, but we know Charmaine exists and she has all of these medical oddities. <laughs> um, but I think that Blanche continues to sort of display this aversion, but really long running obligation with her family and even though she's not really sure like she's worried that people will say she killed Virginia if she doesn't do it mm -hmm. um and this actress says Virginia actually resurfaces much later um in another episode so I feel like yeah. that's something you know like they you could believe them as very distant sisters I guess it's so hard because I do think like everything about it is, is pretty weak. Um, but I think that those two women do get across the relationship and the sort of complicated layers to that. Oh, they do. They definitely do. And, and it's really, I mean, she at the end where she just says, I love you. Like, it's like, there's, it's very much born of this woman being completely vulnerable uh, to somebody who she's never really had a relationship with. And she understands, like she does, she does a really good job of being like, I understand this is a really crazy decision. Like she even defends, you know, Blanche to Sophia um, when she's arguing about that. So yeah, they, they really sell it very well. It's interesting. No, no Clayton is mentioned. They don't have a brother. Oh, yet. right. Yeah. That's yeah. another family. <laughs> it, it's interesting. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like we're in the fourth <laughs> episode and there's already been like 17 things. Wrong. It's great. <laughs> It's perfect. Um, um, can we talk about the B story for a minute? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I just, 
<laughs> again water skiing accident or whatnot like i guess yeah i i guess you would leave your baby with the old lady neighbors i mean that seems that seems like something i would do um but i just there's like there's so many things about it it's just very bizarre but my favorite line is when sophia is talking about nursing i guess rose is going <laughs> through oh remember we used to use fish ointment or something very like bizarre which now is even funnier like they're like now they have disposable bottles you know and like you know 30 years later we're recoiling about throwing away these plastic bottles um but sophia's talking about nursing phil and she goes i got nothing left up here (laughs) and dorothy does another one of those like oh ma like it's perfect it's so great uh, yeah the first I feel like Sophia's a straight she's just like a straight shot through that this this entire episode every time she's on screen she's perfectly the character I, I really I like her a lot in this one yeah she's great we we finally do get to hear about Phil um because yeah. that was the other thing I wrote in my notes and it's like your brother was 12 when he stopped he wanted to come home from school at lunchtime <laughs> and then it's like I got nothing left up here and it exactly it hits that same sort of like cadence that you were talking about in the last one where you think you have the punchline and then sometimes there's two more after yes, it um, exactly and the funniest ones are at the end like it's perfect you're right you're so right that is like that's like a triple threat one um also on that b story real quick there's a very weird moment where um rose talks about how she gave her kids brandy for colic and oh, yeah. she's like oh i put it in their bottles and Sophia's like, put it in my bottle i'll be happy too totally oh my god it's amazing oh but about phil though uh going back oh, to yeah. phil uh the where she's i guess she's they're all talking about whether or not they you know of course they would give their children a kidney no problem rose says she would give one to a dog um <laughs> fluffy you know, typical stuff yeah exactly and um and sophia is like oh yeah i give it to you know to my children except phil and you know and dorothy's like why not phil you know because that's the classic except phil is kind of born mm-hmm. here and she goes all he sends me is uh for christmas like is a uh uh cheese a spreadable cheese nativity <laughs> And she goes, I'm Catholic. I can't spread a wise man on a Ritz cracker. And her face after that is wonderful. It's like it's like the live audience where they have to learn how to pause in character to let the laugh go. And Sophia does it so well. Like she just she just sits there and holds it. It's just so perfect. That's actually yeah, that's so true. And actually the next point that I wanted to make was about um Dorothy and Sophia are sitting on the couch and Sophia's eating something very crunchy and it's very loud and yes and Dorothy's (laughs) face is the punchline like she just looks so annoyed and disgusted and finally she says something and then Sophia again comes back and is like these are Fritos you want me to swallow them whole and it's just (laughs) so it's yeah she really is like the whole every single scene where I laugh I feel like she's involved um mm-hmm. you know obviously this which one... is, might be a typical thing for the series in general but like again this is such an early episode and probably filmed even earlier so it's like or at least filmed in this number four slot um that it's it's pretty impressive to like already get that feel because they're doing that all the way through the seventh season right so then um blanche and virginia have this very sort of like awkward meal together where uh virginia tells us everything and then of course you know blanche of course I'm going to do it. Um, that's sort of how she tells the other girls she's decided to do it, which again, I think makes her more likable and is why she works as somebody who's so entitled and so mm-hmm. sort of like 
you know, unabashedly herself is because she is actually very caring and she knows she is going to do this, even though it is, you know, it's a huge thing. It's not, it's not giving them a cup of sugar. <laughs> um, Correct. And, and that the way they write it again, that goes back to the writing, like, and of course I'm going to do it. Like, it's not, it was implied the entire time that like, it would be a worse decision to let your sister die. Um, and, you know, again, like Sophia sort of egging them on. And like you said, she's, she's got, actual depth there and it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of the Blanche character that I think the writers really kind of made made that character evolve because Rue McClanahan's so good at like playing that superficial up up front but really having depth when it when it counts kind of thing and I think we totally see that when she tells them that she can't because she's too petite so her blood vessels are too small like you know it really (laughs) does it ties it all together and it's it's Mm -hmm. It's a really nice, happy ending, which I like. I, I'm not, I, you know, I don't need, like, a, a cliffhanger at the Golden Girls. <laughs> right, exactly. A retired Mormon school teacher. <laughs> right, also uh, that. I know. It's just so funny. Uh, also, like, how many, I feel like there's so many shows of this era that also just decide, like, we need a heavy topic. Organ transplant. <laughs> like, it just. <laughs> what? It doesn't happen that often in like life, but I feel like this is just like a kind of a go-to little uh, shtick. I don't know. I, I can't cite any other show, but I feel like this is just one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, like as a kid, I thought this happened like way more often, at least to a person, like to one person, like I would know multiple people who are just swapping organs. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I like, agree. It's definitely more of a thing like in a, the 80s. <laughs> it's definitely a running theme. It doesn't work like that. Totally. But exactly. I mean, also how often are exactly. people getting in water ski accidents and then just leaving their kid with somebody random for an indefinite, like, we don't know when they're coming back. He has to have surgery. No that one's concerned. True. What happened to Ted? The the line, like, and it's always Blanche just being like, why the fuck is there a kid in my house? <laughs> Again, still. And, like, I think Dorothy says it twice, the same line, like, oh, it's taking longer than expected. Oh, it's taking longer than Like, they just got so lazy on this beast story. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's nothing else um it's like talking to a salami um <laughs> also as a, as a new parent i i just love that like i was saying before where they're like oh pop-ups and disposable bottles and we <laughs> made our own formula it's just like such a bizarre theme but also like <laughs> where she's like talking about like a, a baby is sleeping in the day like oh no and you're just like babies sleep all the time like i even knew that when i watched the show as a child like what are you talking about rose you guys were mothers <laughs> yeah do so many kids it's hysterical also one of the things that i've always hated was <laughs> at the very end when the kid is finally you know quote unquote getting picked up or they're walking him over to Ted and the water ski, you know, broken legs. Um, Dorothy goes, say bye bye. I just always hate it. Oh that. my god, I it's always... cringy. It's very cringy, right? It's very bizarre. Is it um, better or worse than be happy? <laughs> oh no, it's so much worse. Be happy is perfect for Rose. It just doesn't fit for Dorothy. It doesn't at all. It's, it's just totally bizarre. bizarre. But it's this is a precursor to them watching many other uh, babies. There's a, there's there's at least two other baby storylines um, that work much better than this one. I don't know. I think because it just seems uh, thrown away. But it's funny because it's like, like we said, such a heavy theme. We're already we're talking about family yet again. 
um, and we're covering, you know, like possible death of family and like estrangement and organs flying all over the place. And then they just have this sort of like, oh, what are we going to do with the other three? I don't know. Yeah. Um, How many times are they watching a baby that's being threatened to be abandoned by its parents? Like there's so many times (laughs) where a baby just left there. Um, Seriously. Or a potential baby that's not even born yet. It's amazing. (laughs) There's so many. Um, But yeah, I think that the the foundation that's that's set here um for the three Hollingsworth sisters is really interesting um yes because also even though we don't know Charmaine we know already that whenever Blanche is on good terms with Charmaine she's sort of automatically not on good terms with Virginia and exactly. she talks about how that trades and I think that that really does carry through and it just sort of also adds to the whole complicated mess that is Blanche's family relationships um mm-hmm. and that you know that continues throughout exactly exactly and you know we we heard you know the second episode really covered dorothy's sort of past the third one covered roses and this one covers blanche blanches in a way so it actually is a good order to you know to cue us up for for continuing in the series yeah i'm i'm excited for the next one i'll tell you that this one i think you know it's it's heavy (laughs) there's some funny moments but it's not a real laugh out loud one for me um yeah the next one though i'm really the triangle i'm really here for all right well that's perfect time to key us up so join us next time when we discuss what uh happens when dorothy and blanche fight over a man who's bonged everyone at his country club (laughs) (laughs) all right bye-bye